What's up, Dolphins fans? This is Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked On Dolphins. And the NFL has reached its final four. We're looking for some inspiration from those final four teams still alive for this year's Super Bowl and what parallels we can find for the Dolphins team uh, entering into a critical 2022 offseason versus any of those final four and potentially a couple of the others that play, were playing this past weekend as well. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. Today is Monday, January 24th, 2022. We're getting ready to hit the all-star circuit here for the NFL draft cycle, which I'm excited about. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs. I'm the director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan. And I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today on the show, uh, you're going to get a little bit of version soapbox, Kyle. Uh, you're going to get uh, some reflection uh, across some of the other teams across the AFC. And I think it's important that we have these conversations uh, because the Dolphins social media fan sphere right now is one that quite clearly has a lot of frustration. Uh, it's got a lot of frustrated fans. They're watching. We quite nearly had Buffalo and Cincinnati in the AFC championship game. Of course, that incredible game last night between Kansas city and Buffalo. And I'd like to start there with, with that game in general, right? Because that's the standard. That's the standard. That is, every year, you know, in the back of your head, you got to beat that. You got to beat 17 points in the final minute and 40 seconds of the game. Josh Allen was incredible and lost because they lost the coin flip in overtime. 43 to, to 36 was the final score of that football game. Or, or 40, 42 to 36 is final score of that football game. And um, just an absolute track meet, heavyweight, slugfest. And then I think it is funny because you compare it to the NFC side of things. And you had you know, Tampa, Los Angeles was a closely contested game at the end, uh, but it took LA nearly giving the game away to get it to 27, 27 It's 27 to three. Uh, and then San Francisco and green Bay ended up being 13 to 10. Very low scoring game, but the AFC landscape with Patrick Mahomes with the chiefs and Josh Allen on the bills and Lamar Jackson on the Ravens and Justin Herbert on the chargers. I'll say what you will about that entire team and Justin's ability in late game situations. I did know he had five fourth quarter comebacks and wins this year uh, or fourth quarter game winning drives this year. Herbert did. So more than half their wins that they had as a team. And there is a very, very strong nucleus of young quarterbacks in the AFC where to a tongue of Aloha, is going to fall on that lexicon of players in time 
it's hard to say. I understand why there's a lack of enthusiasm because his physical traits clearly do not measure. And, you know, I've seen the two can't throw deep memes followed by him throwing deep. But I talked about this uh, with Dougley. And when I went on Dougley do, uh, Dougley do wrongs, uh, YouTube channel, arm strength is more than just distance down the field. It's about trajectory and velocity and ball control in all areas of the field when you have to throw with velocity. And that's where Tua's arm currently is most separate from the two guys that you saw playing last night. And as I watch Tua through his first two seasons, and I would strongly encourage everybody else um, to be open-minded for what I'm going to say, because I know Tua Tungvalo is a pretty polarizing persona, presence in the Dolphins fan base. He's not good enough right now. And I think we all know, and those who support him will point to his offensive line, and those who are skeptical will point to his physical tools. I'm not, today is not get on one side of the fence or the other on this show. But today is Tua needs to be a much better player if the Dolphins are ever going to sniff that stratosphere of what we saw last night in the AFC Divisional Round Showcase between Buffalo and Kansas City. And you have to stiff that stratosphere if you're going to make the jump and accomplish the things as a team that we so desperately would love to see this team accomplish because they haven't done it since the 70s. And I'm sure Tua is well aware that he needs to get better as well. Uh, the challenge for Miami, of course, is the philosophical cr crisis that's I presented here. Do you get better by upgrading the quarterback spot if you have a clear and obvious pathway uh, to pursue? Or do you get better by retooling the group around him and allowing him to continue to grow into his role is the starter on the team. Ironically enough, uh, you've seen both of those strategies played out with the two teams who played last night. The Kansas City Chiefs were consistently a 10-11 win football team. They had Alex Smith as their starting quarterback. And Andy Reid and the Chiefs woke up and said, you know what? 2017 draft, if we're ever going to win a championship, we need better. So they put together a couple of picks, and they traded up, and they drafted Patrick Mahomes. Alex Smith was a perfectly fine starter in this league. Winning quarterback in the NFL. But the limitations that were present were enough for the, them to say, we got to make a change. Whereas Buffalo drafts a high tools guy, uh, but somebody who needed to get dramatically better through his first two seasons in the NFL, being Josh Allen. 
And instead of wavering or, or changing the path for him, they decided we're going to go out. We're going to get Stefan Diggs and uh, use him as a, a key piece up front. We're going to keep working on the offensive line. They've drafted a, a top 100 running back uh, that season. Continuing to add tools and pieces around him. And lo and behold, Josh continued to get better. And he made his big jump into year three was when his big jump happened as a player. So there's multiple pathways to do it. And the of the ultimate argument in this conversation is what is the ceiling with a player that has Tua Tungvaloa's physical skill set? And if you are a mental master of the game, if you identify coverages and fronts at a very high rate and level of consistency, and you've mastered your playbook, and you have a communication system in place at the line of scrimmage that is going to allow you to tinker with and change plays and make sure the offense is in the right play at the line of scrimmage, like Chad Pennington did, is a super smart guy as somebody who had a weak arm that we've seen here in Miami that had success. You can win. How much? Well, let's see how far San Francisco's run ends up going uh, since they are playing in the NFC Championship game. And there's some feelings that Dolphins fans have about that as well. And we're going to get into that, but not before I tell you about our friends over at Built Bar. Nothing to be mad about when it comes to Built Bar, I promise. It's a new year. That means new resolutions. If you're trying to get fit or eat healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, that which can be chalky or wax your taste. Like a chemical spill. You know, you want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By week three, you're looking and thinking, this is not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, the chocolate's on the Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar, you're talking 150 calories per bar, 100% chocolate on all their bars, 17 to 20 grams of protein per bar. So you can visit Bilt.com, use promo code LOCK15 and save 15% off your next order. That's Built.com, promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. So San Francisco won. (laughs) Blocked the punt against the Packers on Saturday night for a touchdown. Knocked Aaron Rodgers out of the playoffs. And um, there's a couple reactions to that game itself for for Dolphins fans and one for each side of the fence for me is the 49ers win has completely rejuvenated the vitriol and the negativity around Miami's decision to trade from three to 12 and from 12 back to six and end up with Jalen Waddle and in the process give away the uh their own pick and keep the 49ers pick instead of vice versa, trading the 49ers pick back. And that level of criticism is the part that gets me. Because if you had two first round picks 
and you were going to make a trade to go get a guy who was the number two player on your board. And then there's also that whole argument on whether or not that evaluation was accurate or stupid because Jamar Chase is out there. And I think it was accurate. You know, I, I personally had Jalen Waddell as the best wide receiver prospect in this year's draft. Jamar Chase had a phenomenal season. Let's start there. Jamar Chase had a phenomenal season for the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, there's been a lot of barbs and back and forth and passive comments and, uh, throughout the course of what probably the last year, year and a half with Dolphins fans and Bengals fans, all in good fun. Uh, I'm happy for Cincinnati. Oh. Cincinnati is showing you, hey guys, you can, it's not impossible. It won't be for forever. Now, how long it takes, I don't know. But I do know some of the critiques around Cincinnati organizationally is their ownership group's not great. But they've still managed to turn it around. So take that as inspiration. You need to get a couple key pieces right. And Miami, you too can be playing and winning in playoff games. Great, you know. But so I know that there's there's been that kind of trash talk that's existed. I'm happy for Cincinnati and they they've had a great season and Joe Burrow's phenomenal. And I'm not going to be one of those people that say, Oh, well the dolphins screwed up because they won too many games in 2019. You know, if they also could have drafted the six foot five pro bowl quarterback, who's tied the record for most passing touchdowns in his first two seasons in the NFL. If you were interested in just, picking a different player at number five instead of sitting here and wringing your hands about not getting the number one overall pick. Like there's successful players everywhere in the draft, everywhere in the draft. Now, maybe not franchise quarterbacks, this extreme example, there was another franchise quarterback that's open and shut and not somebody that we're still evaluating in year two, who's had some injustices done to him by the staff, but also has his own limitations that we're trying to figure out and navigate how restrictive they're going to be. But the, the the new jazz is the Dolphins, A, didn't pick the best wide receiver, which if you think you could take Jamar Chase and put him on this Dolphins team in 2021 and you get an all-pro player, you are out of your mind. You are insane. Or you are just so blinded by negativity that I don't know what to tell you and I can't help you. And I tried to fight the good fight on social media over the weekend. Dolphins fans, some of you guys sitting here, Oh, we'll never have anything good. Doesn't matter what we do. Chris Greer's going to make every wrong decision ever on the face of the planet. Can't have nice things. You got one of the most incredible draft classes in the last 30 years staring you right in the face. And you're complaining about it. Come on, man. We'll talk about not being able to have nice things. You got a nice thing standing right here, and you're standing there in the backyard with your binoculars looking over the neighbor's yard. Yeah, that's great. But we could have had Jamar Chase. He was an all-pro. Jamar Chase probably has twice the drop rate of Jalen Waddle and puts up 850 yards in this Dolphins offense this year. Jamar Chase also has the chance to play on an offense that has Joe Mixon in a really successful, successful running game. He also has T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd to work with him in the passing game. So don't tell me, oh, Jalen Waddle only had one 100-yard game this year. He didn't perform as well against the best teams. When you got Marlon Humphrey saying this dude's going to be an all-top-10 wide receiver in the NFL next year, never mind the fact that, yes, better defenses are going to be able to take away a team's only legitimate option 
in the passing game at the wide receiver position. So don't use 100-yard games or performance against top teams as a measure when, like, don't don't scout this guy on the box score. Don't look at Jalen Waddle. It's so disrespectful to look at Jalen Waddle's box score and say he's not as good of a player as Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase was a more productive player. Jamar Chase is a more prototypical outside receiver. But they got different skill sets. And different skill sets win in different ways. And Jalen Waddle has a unique skill set that Miami chose to covet. And I don't think they have to be wrong. First of all, you're allowed to have more than one player who's really good. Jalen Waddle's jersey is in the Hall of Fame because he set the rookie reception record. And we're sitting here wringing our hands because we didn't get Jamar Chase because the Bengals are still playing. You get 70% of what Jamar Chase was for the Bengals this year if you put him on Miami. And I don't care that everybody only saw them play the playoff games and he got a couple end arounds, so everybody thinks he's a diverse player that's been more involved in created touches. He's not. Sorry, man. Guys and girls. But not appreciating the season that Jalen Waddle had to me is just mind-numbing. This team gives us all so many reasons to be bothered and upset and frustrated. You don't got to turn your nose up at the best offensive rookie season we've seen since probably Dan Marino. From a Miami Dolphin perspective. But then also the, the trade. So you, you got Jalen Waddle and an extra first round pick and financially save money with a salary cap because of the wage scale by ending up is the net move is going from three to six. You also got an extra three, but you traded that away. The other part that some people are bothered by is San Francisco or San Francisco. This pick now being, it's going to be the floor is 29th now versus 15. First of all, as we've said on this podcast, I don't care because I'm trying to trade this pick. And this pick has plenty of trade ability. Right? It might be on draft night. It might be before. Because at the end of the day, if you're looking at a Calvin Ridley or an Amari Cooper as just two examples at the wide receiver position, because Jerry Jones threw Amari Cooper under the bus. Salary cap space is just as important as you know, your the assets that you're trying to trade, right? And Miami being number one in salary cap space is important because a team's not going to trade, like the Jets are not going to trade the 10th overall pick for Calvin Ridley. They're not. but they're a team that has a lot of cap space at their disposal and they're perceived to be aggressive and they need a wide receiver. The Jets next first round pick is going to be at like 35. So yes, Miami still having 29 or 30 or 31 or 32 is going to position them in a better spot than the, the unsuccessful teams or the rebuilding teams that have cap space because they're most realistic. They're not trading a top 10 pick for any of those players in this class. 
the next pick that's on the board for them is 33, 34, 35. Miami having a, a late first round pick in these scenarios and trade negotiations is fine. You can you can eliminate 25 teams off of any big money player that's potentially getting traded because they cannot afford it financially. Miami can. Miami can afford anybody they want. But then also there's the dynamic of like players drafted in this range. You know, let's say San Francisco loses to the Los Angeles Rams and they're picking 29th. Player, and I'm, I just got up the list um, for the 2021 draft for a couple of the players that were picked after 29th or later. Elijah Moore with the Jets, 31st or 34th. Very good wide receiver prospect. Elijah or uh, Javante Williams, running back, Denver Broncos. Javon Holland, number 36. That's all 34, 35, 36. All would be perfectly reasonable end of the first round draft selections. We go to 2020. See what's in this ballpark? T. Higgins, 33, another wide receiver. DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, a couple of running backs. Xavier McKinney, 36th. Some very good wide receiver running back prospects available after 29th. How about 2019? You guys want to do 2019? Take a look at another draft class. Debo Samuel, 36th. Okay, you got another Elton Jenkins into your offensive lineman. These are both Pro Bowl players. 44th, he got drafted. A.J. Brown, 51st. Eric McCoy, 48th. Dalton Reisner, offensive lineman, Denver Broncos. Very good plus starter, 41st. Byron Murphy, very good corner, 33rd. That's 2019. Ain't nobody in lack. There was nobody struggling to find good quality players to draft after 29th in the 2019 NFL draft. You want to do 2018? Lamar Jackson, 32nd. Nick Chubb, 35th. Darius Leonard, 36th. These are some of the best players in the NFL at their respective positions, and they were all drafted 32nd, 35th, 36th. And, oh, by the way, Cortland Sutton, Pro Bowl wide receiver, drafted 40th in the same class. Harold Landry, pass rusher, 41st. Mike Gusecki, 42nd. Braden Smith, really plus starter at right tackle for the Indianapolis Colts, 37th. You sit here and tell me that we can't find a quality player to draft at 29th if they decide that's the path that they want to take? You guys want to pull up 2017? I know everybody knows about the decision to draft Charles Harris. And preempting that against uh, T.J. Watt, who was drafted at 30th overall, was it would have been on the board at 29. Ryan Ramchek, best starting right tackle in, in the NFL, 32nd overall that year. Buda Baker, Pro Bowl safety, 36th overall. Dalvin Cook, 41st overall. Marcus May, really good starting safety, 39th overall. Joe Mixon, 48th overall. Like, I could, we could go all day, all day. Alvin Kamara and Cooper Cup, 67th and 69th. There's good players at every pick in the draft. 
in the top 100. How you find them, that's that's the game. That's the game you have to play. But I don't look at this year's draft class and look at any player that would have been available at 22 that's not going to be available at 29 and say, damn, our franchise is ruined. We screwed it up royally. I can't believe we had the audacity to bet on ourselves. When if they would have kept their own pick and traded San Francisco's pick, they would have been completely hammered for not believing in themselves. Could you imagine the reactions we would have had to that storyline? No, thank you. I'm not interested in going down that rabbit hole. Listen, if you guys drive a lot, Get Upside is an incredible app that you need to know about. Listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. And use promo code TOUCHDOWN. You can get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up that's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back getting using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are saving as much as two to $300 a month in cash back. There's no catch. The cash gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime using your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift cards such as Amazon or other brands. Just download the free Get Upside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. Of course, the other storyline of relevance here is the Green Bay Packers season is over. And with it comes renewed questions about what Aaron Rodgers' future looks like. And uh, everybody pointed to the one post-game snippet of Aaron saying, I don't want to go to a rebuild. And they said, oh, the Dolphins are out. Uh, which I, I don't think is necessarily true. Uh, I think we forget uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, before Tom Brady showed up. And we saw how ferocious. How ferocious that San Francisco. Um, year that they got there and they put everything together and they started started suddenly playing complimentary football. Uh, they were seven and nine. Pretty consistently right around floating right around 500. Uh, three years before Tom Brady showed up, they were 11, five and 11 and seven. Tom was up, they go to the Super Bowl. With effectively the nucleus of players that existed before Tom got there. Tom was the major arrival. And then obviously like Gronkowski. I don't think you could look at Miami and say, if you transplant Aaron Rodgers and put him on this team, which won nine games, Aaron Rodgers playing quarterback for the Dolphins this year, assuming any level of competent offensive coaching. They beat the Raiders. They beat the Jaguars. They beat the Falcons. Do they end up beating Buffalo one of those games? Maybe. I think the game script looks dramatically different against Tennessee where you don't run out of gas defensively because you're desperate for the – you hold them the 17 points through three quarters, but the offense can't do lickety-spit. So you, you 
the bottom falls out and you get blown out, I think that game script at the very least is different. But even if you don't do anything else different, that's three extra wins. And of course, pro Tua Dolphins fans would say, well, you know, if Tua didn't miss the time, they'd probably end up beating the Raiders because Jacoby was not good this year. Uh, and they probably are in a better rhythm and they probably end up beating both of those teams that you already mentioned. So, okay. You know, and that maybe that's not an unfair comment to make, but Aaron Rodgers has proven to be a top five quarterback in the NFL and Tua is not. And I don't know that Tua ceiling is ever going to be a top five quarterback in the NFL. Do I think he can be a quality starter? Yes. I think he's shown flashes of being a quality starter. But if you put Aaron Rodgers on last year's team, they win the AFC East. So I don't know that that has to be a rebuild. Now you still need to go out and spend money on offensive linemen. Uh, whether or not Aaron would ever have any interest in coming here, I don't know. Uh, but that's a question that I think Dolphins fans, be interesting to hear their responses. If you viewed Aaron Rodgers as a two- to three-year solution at the quarterback position, would you be interested in transitioning to that with the defensive nucleus that's in place to try to contend in a more short-term window for legitimately winning a Super Bowl? Or would you prefer to stay the course or try to find a younger alternative. And I think in a perfect world, you could find a young version of Aaron Rodgers that's out there, but that's not out there right now that's available. Uh, Aaron is probably only going to play a couple years. I would be surprised if he was done. And he's already angling and posturing towards a transition away from Green Bay. Uh, we will do the opportunity cost episode on that where we're looking at this is what it would take and here are your alternatives and we are not ready for the deep dive on that conversation yet but i can say for me personally for a team that hasn't won a playoff game since 2000 and as somebody who just watched that slugfest in the divisional round between kansas city and buffalo last night um i certainly would entertain a transition for Aaron Rodgers for a more short-term gap because I'm not going to turn my nose up at any kind of legitimate winning window because the Dolphins haven't had a legitimate winning window for a really long time. And I do think the defense, if you get a quality defensive staff to kind of continue what's been going on there, whether that is externally or internally, and we got to see who the head coach is before we make any judgments on what that could look like. Um, and if you got probably an, an additional starting wide receiver, a running back and two, a minimum of two starting offensive, offensive linemen, you can go out and buy all of that. If you're Miami this year, um, be really interested in what that finished product could look like, but we don't know what it 
is going to look like because we don't even know who the head coach is yet. And it was nice to have an episode today that, that kind of served as a break from the head coaching search. Uh, I will be interested now that the bills are eliminated. If the Brian Dayball uh, coaching momentum accelerates, if it does, we'll have you covered here on locked on dolphins. Uh, we'll make sure we uh, are ready to roll and we'll, we'll do the emergency podcast if we need to, if that is indeed the hire. Uh, and if that shoe drops this week. So keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. I'm Kyle Krabs. Thanks, as always, for listening. Make it a good one. Appreciate the good things you have as a Dolphins fan right now. And um, hope you enjoyed the football this past weekend. And now let's get ready to do it all over again next weekend. And uh, the, the following week, uh, I'll be in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. So you're going to have some Senior Bowl NFL draft coverage. And I'm hoping we have a head coach by then. I'd really love it. I'd really love to see it. So Kyle Krabs, thanks always for, for listening. Make it a good one, guys.